Welcome to The Disenfranchised, helping you to find a career path away from employment by exploring the franchise community. My name's Ed Pennell, and I'll be speaking with the entrepreneurs, experts, and leaders from across the franchise community, discovering their life stories and hearing their tips for success away from the typical nine to five grind. On this episode, I'm speaking with Doug Parks, a franchisee for an estate agency known as Property Nest. So Doug was one of the first franchisees to actually join Property Nest, but unfortunately for Doug, this was at the end of 2019, just before the pandemic was announced, putting a complete halt on any house moves. Now today, Doug is running a successful business from his home in Elmbridge, Surrey, focusing mainly on high-end properties. He appears to be doing pretty well with this business now, and in fact, as stated on their website, on the Property Nest website, Doug has even managed to generate a commission in one month worth over £50,000. So he must be doing something right, and I want to find out what. So we find out this and much, much more in this episode. So please enjoy, and I'll catch you on the other side. So, Doug Parks, welcome to The Disenfranchised. How are you doing today? Hi Ed, thanks for having me. I'm uh, very well actually. It's uh, been a busy day, so no complaints. Good, good. And uh, when you say a busy day, is that um, sat at the desk and um, you know going through emails, calls of clients? What's the, what's the day look like at the moment? It's been two or three viewings, uh, a market appraisal, stuffing hundreds of letters and things that I've done. So lots of different stuff today which uh which is good best part of the job you know not not really being stuck to one place all the time yeah nice but nice bit of variety and it's the spice of life right so yeah, um definitely. that's good but um we'll, we'll get into that in a, in a moment i guess but before we do um i'd like to start at the same place i start with everyone really and that is i'd love to find out what was your first job my first job when I left school was as an apprentice electrician, um, which I went into okay. because my father was an electrician and I just followed him into the trade really. Um, spent quite a few years in the construction industry. Uh, I hated being an electrician um, and then moved to <laughs> I was going to ask you did you enjoy it <laughs> yeah I enjoyed parts of it I mean some of the the fun and the characters on building sites were uh you know were, were some fun times but I didn't really like the job um I had a couple of other jobs on sites with regards to uh pipe fitting welding that sort of thing so I picked up quite a few skills but it was always something that I never, ever thought this was me. You know, this was my career till I'm 60 sort of thing. It was, it was, it was a job. And, uh, you know, that was about it at the time, really. I never, I never really knew what I wanted to do. You know, I was one of those people at school that I love sport, um, but just never really knew what I wanted to do and a friend of mine wanted to be a, a fighter pilot in the American Air Force and that's what he ended up doing actually so you know oh wow I just I just didn't Good know what him, I wanted yeah. to do 
Yeah, yeah, I can relate to that totally. I mean, um, for myself, yeah, I remember some other people around me wanted to be policemen and, and whatever else they wanted to do. And I was sitting there going, well, I'm fairly good at art and football and maths. What job is what job does that make? <laughs> and do I want to do it? I don't know. And you, you kind of fall into a job. For me, it was um, putting up marquees for a living. And wow. so, you know, I kind of fell into it and, di- and did that for a while. Um, I guess at least you kind of got your, well, you got yourself into a trade, which is a, a, a good start. But um, um, where, where did your, your career take you then after after that? You said you spent some time in the construction industry. Yeah, I, I was in the construction industry up until uh, 1995. And it was sort of a, a, a funny time. We'd had I think a few downturns for the building industry and it sort of started to get uh, a little bit difficult. And then I had a close friend of mine died when we were out one evening and um, it just sort of gave me a bit of a new perspective really. And I, I then ended up a few months later going off around the world for a year spending most of the time in Australia and um and sort of came back uh, in June '96 and got into the, the the world of mortgages. Really, so it was it was quite a change for me. <laughs> I I came back from Australia um, and met a chap who said, "Look, you know, the, the, everyone's crying out for mortgages at the time, and you know, it's a good job. Give it a go." So uh, I had some interviews with a few different companies and ended up working at an estate agents in Walton-on-Thames as a mortgage advisor. And that was my first um, sort of uh, start in the property industry. Yeah, wow. It's 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 an interesting transition, isn't it? Because I I guess although it's buildings is probably the closest connection between those those two roles really um it's it's completely different isn't it because really you're looking at numbers it's a bit more sales involved than kind of the the more delivery side which would you consider as a electrician or pipe fitter or something like this right so yeah how did did you find that transition yeah it was an interesting one i think as you get older you get to realize what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy and when I was on the, the construction uh, industry, when I was in that, um, if you were on building sites, there was sort of nobody there. You just got on with the job and that was it. But then when I started to do a few other jobs at people's houses and that sort of thing, um, it actually was pleasing to do a job and see the homeowner there and then be appreciative of what you've done and that feeling of helping people. So I think when I moved into yeah. the um, property world to sit down with people, and which is normally quite a stressful thing, trying to get a mortgage and this, that and the other, and, and, and seeing how I helped those people through what is usually quite a stressful time gave me a lot of job satisfaction. So it was quite interesting how that came about. And a lot of the time, you know, I speak to so many people now and and it is little things like that that you get to realise what you like, what you enjoy about a job. Um, 
and that's certainly a big thing for me is having that ability to help people and 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 see that you know it's it's um it makes the job worthwhile yeah i think that's um that's an interesting piece actually isn't it really that it's not it's not always about the tasks that you're doing it's the um the the how you're interacting with people and helping them that probably is a driver for a lot of us at the end of the day isn't it you know um yeah the drive driver for me is is all about helping to educate people on 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 franchising so um yeah i i can i can definitely see why that that makes a lot of sense and and how that transition is is kind of made easier because you've got that kind of core spine of you know the, the bit that you enjoy there and the rest of it you can kind of learn and and take take forward so um how, how long were you a, a mortgage advisor for i started um in 1997 for the company working out of an estate agency branch and then i became a sort of mini assistant manager if you like and and helped manage a couple of brokers and then in 2002 i started my own mortgage company uh, mortgage advice company okay. and uh, and that was a lot of fun as well i i okay. i found an estate agent a little independent who allowed me to go and work from their office and uh, provide their clients with mortgage advice and luckily enough over the years the five years that i'd worked in the estate agency branch um, i'd built a lot of contacts a lot of people that kept coming back to me and so they helped me generate the business if you like for that that first foray as a self-employed worker and the part of that that was nice was actually it was sort of flexi time really i used to spend a lot of evenings going to people's houses you know sitting down with them they're comfortable in their own home um and and ultimately that a lot of those people became friends not just not just clients and you know unfortunately a lot of it was divorce cases and they're trying to split the mortgage and and bits and pieces so again it it's back to that thing about helping people um and i i really enjoyed it like you say it's a really stressful time yeah it is and you like you say it's a really stressful time yeah Not, not only because of the the, the the kind of hurdles that typically get thrown up when you're trying to trying to move, you know, whether it's uh, a delay in the, the the removal van or there's um, all sorts of things. I, I, yeah. I, I'm not going to bring up the one that really got me, but <laughs> yeah, you've got that. But also there's stuff going in people's personal lives, which is the reason why they're moving as well, which can be stressful. So. Um, there's yeah. not many other things that stress people out as much as the, as a as a house move so um yeah i can see how taking away one of the stresses you know raising the capital you know getting the the mortgage together yeah. um yeah it must be a relief for for a lot of the people well, that you worked with you know ed it was it was interesting actually because in that sort of environment when you're there at sort of eight o'clock at night sat down with somebody in their own home you you probably get told a hell of a lot more than 
than you would ever get told. You know, you're delving deep into people's finances, what credit card debt they have and loans and what they're worried about and concerned about. And it was, yeah. uh, it was you know, sometimes you you sort of felt like a bit of a counsellor, but to a degree, that's what some of these people needed. They needed someone to show them the right way and that there was an option that that was available to them. You know, and it was a. I enjoyed. Yeah. I enjoy that side of the job. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's really cool. So, um, how long did you have the the business for? So we started it in two thousand and two, and then I got up to two thousand and seven. The market was crazy, and then obviously two thousand and eight, we hit the uh, we hit the the great financial crash. And so I had it for six years. I had a couple of people working for me and it was just starting to get bigger. And, and obviously the financial crash happened and um, it was a tough time. I had bills to pay and I moved house myself in 2006 to a, a property that needed a hell of a lot of work and everything. So it was a, a really tough time then to know what you know my <laughs> what i needed to do to um to carry on earning money because the, the as you know the market just basically shut down for a while and prices were plummeting and and mortgage deals were just you know pretty non-existent for a lot of people affordable mortgage deals yeah. um but you know you learn a lot of lessons and you you pick yourself up move on and uh and that's when I moved over to the the actual estate agency side in in two thousand and end of two thousand and nine, uh, and you know we were sort of looking at bottoming out then, and people were coming in and and buying properties that were really knocked down in price, and uh, um, I just thought, well, you know, let's just go into the the selling houses side and and see what we can do i guess that's there was a real opportunity for you at that point right and, and, and was that part of the the decision to transition into property you know into selling the properties or yeah i was you know was it I more had, by chance i had no i had uh, two children in in private school and things so the bills were were pretty high so i needed something that was going to get me money pretty quickly the business was uh, a struggle to um, the mortgage broking business was a struggle to to wind that up and deal with the cases that I had and everything else. But I knew a chap. I used to work with a chap whose mortgages I was doing, and he then he was a manager of an estate agency branch and said to me, "Well, look, you know, come and work for us, and uh, we've got a spot, and and let's see how you go." And that was. That was at the end of two thousand and nine, so uh, so yeah, sold my my first house as an estate agent at the end of two thousand and nine. <laughs> Excellent. Do you remember where it was and what it looked like? I do remember where it was actually. It was uh, it was a house that had been on their books for many many months, and the other staff used to moan about it because it backed onto an industrial estate. But I 
I don't know. You, it's the same as anything. You get into a job, you just start ringing everybody. And um, I, we sold it within about six weeks. And it's it's probably mindset. You know, you, you tell yourself you can't sell this or you can't do that. You probably won't. But uh, but no, it was yeah. it was a fantastic time because although I I worked really hard there, uh, long hours. Um, but 2010 was a really good year. It was we'd come out of that horrible period of the financial crash. People were starting to see light at the end of the tunnel, and 2010 started to take off. And the company that I worked for were part of the biggest network in the country. And our brand had about 40 offices. And 2010, I ended up being the top agent in the 40 offices, which was excellent. Um, And then another company, literally 30, 40 yards up the road, offered me a job more money and everything else and and I decided to make the move to them and that was that was at the end of 2010 so uh so it was a a hectic year but it worked out very well yeah that's cool why do you think you were more successful than some of the other agents well I used to get into the office at sort of 7 45 in the morning I'd probably leave there 8 30 at night um you know i was i was up against it a bit because of what had happened the previous 18 months and with my business and still paying school fees and bits and pieces so you know i had to do it and the timing was lucky that 2010 was a good year but i certainly made the most of it and um learned a lot and the only reason i moved was the other company were um, more sort of London-based, if you like, and there was a lot of buyers coming out of London looking in, in Surrey where I worked. So right. it was just a sort of a slightly higher branded um, estate agency, and that, that appealed to me at the time. But, I again, I enjoyed yeah, it. You cool. know, they, they let, let me get on with things, and that was it, really. Yeah, so that's 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 um that's pretty cool, and it's you know having that success is um is a reason to stay in that kind of industry and and with you know with those types of companies. So, how did you get from to there to going back to owning your own business? <laughs> Bearing in mind, you know the kind of fluctuations in the industry could could yeah. potentially have an impact. Um, so yeah, so I I ended up spending nine years at the second estate agency that I was at um, and ended up managed in that that branch after I was there for a year. And uh, the we then had Brexit and, and obviously the market turned a little bit and um, the company or the network were having some issues with uh, different bits and pieces, and I I was offered redundancy, and thought that it might be the the launch pad for me to finally go back <laughs> on my own and uh, and uh, and do it for myself. You know, I, I'd been through it with the mortgage business, so 
I I knew what the downside was and um and uh, so started on my own at the end of end of summer 2019. Yeah, wow. And um we well we all kind of know now what was on the horizon at that point, but was that something that was in Oh, you, were you aware of what was going on at that time or was it earlier on in the year? No, I, to, at the end of 2019, I just started on my own. I sold my first property in the October, which completed in December 2019. So that sort of gave me some income there. It was quite a good size house. Um, and up to that Christmas, there were a few reports at the end of 2019 about this illness in China and that sort of thing. But then we started the new year. I took on a couple of other properties, which I managed to get agreed sales on both of them. And as each week went past, it seemed to be getting worse and worse, this news coming out of out of China. And uh, I just managed to complete on the second house that i sold when we were then told it was sort of locked down and you you can't you can't work anymore so um you know lucky luckily i had some income come in but it was again it was a worrying time yeah you know you 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 have no one else to rely on and uh it was a it was a worrying time but um luckily we we got through it yeah. So this is uh this this new business then. You you actually invested in a franchise business called Property Nest. That's right, isn't it? So That's right. So um it's a state agency from what I could see, similar to what you were doing before. You said you wanted to do something yeah. different. So yeah, what why invest in a, a a a business that's yeah, in that similar kind of area really? Well, I think I think as as one, you have to enjoy what you do. And as long as you in, enjoy what you do, then you just look at the best the best options that are available to you if you if you want to come out of that comfort blanket of a of a basic salary and pension and stuff that a that a big company provides. And I'd known Vincent for a little while at Property Nest. Um he had a, a separate business that was building websites and things. And when I wanted a website done, um, lots of companies were telling me I needed to pay X amount of pounds up front and sign this, that, and the other paperwork. And Vincent just said to me, no, Doug, he said, I, I can do your website. He said, see if you're happy with it and then we can sort out payment and stuff. I thought, wow, that's, that's refreshing. And then when he contacted me to say that, they'd started up the Property Nest franchise. It was more about working with him than it was specifically Property Nest. But I did like his vision for the future. I loved his honesty. I loved the way that he looked after me without trying to tie me down to, to stuff that other companies were. And, you know the biggest house I've ever sold, which was over 4 million was done on a handshake. So I work that way quite a lot that to me, if you shake hands, it's a deal. And, and that I like working that way. And, um, 
you know, Vincent struck me as that sort of character that you could trust. And that meant more to me than than anything, really. Yeah, that's quite powerful, really, isn't it? That that element of trust, um, because I guess beyond, you know, marriage and, uh, you know, moving house, it's it's kind of the next biggest thing that you can invest your time and money into because you know let, your last business you were saying you know six years of it of time invested into it right so it's going to be similar for for any other business you start up so um yeah trust is a, a really powerful thing but um I, I still think there's got to be an element of you could see this business is going to be successful because because of something else right there's got to be some some facts figures numbers you know something i guess a a little bit more concrete maybe that you can kind of look at and refer to and say yeah i can see how this this makes sense so what what was there that you kind of saw that that made you feel comfortable in handing over you know a, a franchise fee at the end of the day yeah well i think when i very first started the first 6 months i i went direct through right move and zoopla so that costs quite a bit of money itself so to then because of the pandemic and everything else that i could not afford to continue going down that route and not knowing how long the pandemic was going to last and everything else so i thought right what are the other options and it is joint either joining a network or going down the route of having my own territory and that sort of thing. And and because I'd known Vincent, that was the route that I took. And franchise fees and things like that are considerable, but I had already been spending out quite considerable sums anyway yeah. um, to, to the big websites and stuff out there. And I think the big thing was with, with Property Nest, was that Vincent had the marketing suite ready. So things like stationery, flyers, you know, brochures, that sort of stuff was all there. Um, and for someone like me, when you're working on your own, time is so valuable. And if I can go to a, a franchise and have everything there, so a few clicks of a button, and then the following day, my stationery arrives or or my flyers arrive, it saves me hours and hours and hours. And, you know, that that really, really helps, really helps. And um, coupled with the fact of, of the trust with Vincent and his vision for where he sees Property Nest, it, it was exciting. I can, um, I can understand and, and relate to a lot of that, actually. So um, I think... Um... So I, I was in recruitment for um, a good number of years. And at one point I looked at, well, what if I just did this on my own? And and I know that actually um, I couldn't get the same deal the company I was working for at that moment in time was getting because they could buy in bulk. They could buy 50 advertisements across, you know, yeah. uh, how, how, how long the contract was for. If I tried to do that, well, uh, yeah, it it wasn't going to happen because I, yeah. I I didn't need fifty adverts, <laughs> and so the cost became just almost as expensive just for ten adverts. And it, you yeah. know, once you start stacking those things up, it doesn't make sense. But um, the the marketing collateral piece as well, I 
I kind of um, naively thought, oh, that's a doddle. Like I, because uh, so this is more recently and started my own business because uh, I do graphic design. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's not that that bad at all. Yeah. But it's it's not just the creation of it. It's the, you have to think about every single element of it. What colors are you going to use? What's the font going to yeah. look like? And how does that represent you? Okay, yeah. what do I actually need to create? How much text needs to go on there? What imagery? What kind of um, field do I want the brand to have? So whilst, okay, it might not take that long to produce a leaflet design, coming up with all those elements beforehand actually is really time-consuming and stressful. And, yeah. an, and an opportunity to get things wrong, of course. Yeah. Exactly. So, and I think I think the other thing is that it's not only the time, but as I had already experienced with trying to get a website done, you know, there are so many companies out there that you that you want to speak to, but they're all charging you different amounts for doing different things. And you can spend days trying to search stuff out. And I, I don't have the time to spend that period of my life you know looking at every single little thing so having the the bits that property nest provide all there ready for me has saved me oh, uh, weeks and weeks and weeks of you know me running around trying to do it myself and that's a, a big big benefit that translates into money for you as well really doesn't it 100%. because it's live yeah. off the redundancy money while you're doing that or have yeah. the opportunity to get going straight away and start to, well, give you give yourself the chance to earn quicker, I guess, isn't yeah. it? So, um, yeah. yeah, no, that's that, that's good. So, obviously, you started it before the pandemic. What was what was it like during, and and how is it now? Because I think just from a, an outsider's perspective, a brand that can go through and you know survive a something as um, debilitating as a as COVID you know they must be doing something right but but even still how how did you kind of survive through those those it was really years months it was really tough ed it was um it was a challenge because at the time i didn't know how long we were going to be locked down for what was going to happen you know it it really was a a panic to a degree and I, I was confident I'd, I'd taken properties on, I'd sold properties, so I knew I could do it. Um, I think the the, the biggest um, downside for me at the time was that as soon as we got the, the lockdown was lifted, because the government then had the stamp duty bonus, every property that then came onto the market just sold straight away. Mm. And I hadn't had the time to market myself or whatever. So, it, you know, all these properties were coming on and just selling immediately. The market just went crazy. So that was probably more frustrating than actually the, the lockdown itself, because I just... I hadn't had the time to um, to market myself fully. And then the pandemic changed people's perceptions of uh, of how they wanted to live. And uh, all these properties were coming on each week and selling within a couple of days. And no one really knew about me. So it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, again, a big learning curve. I'm always quite 
positive about what I learned from each situation. And uh, that was something. And everyone used to say to me, look, you've come through the pandemic, just keep at it. And you need the support of family, friends and the belief in yourself to to get through stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. And um, what sort of support were you receiving from um, from Vincent? He would always ring me. He was always there calling me up and, you know, we used to chat about things and, and what's happening and what we think would happen, what we were going to do when or what I was going to do when lockdown ended. Um, and I think, again, it, it's a bit like, you know, my previous jobs being in people's houses talking about their mortgages and things. It's it's having somebody to talk to who understands where you are. You know, Vincent had started his own business with Property Nest and, uh, you know, he'd been through it and it was it was tough, but it certainly helped having him there to speak to and discuss things with. Um, yeah, he was always a, a source of encouragement for sure. Yeah, that's really good to hear. And um, the business today, how's how's it doing? <laughs> it's been amazing. I I always look at it as progression. Do I do I want to be up here? Of course I do, but I I realise that takes time. So I came into this year. I've got some great instructions coming on. Um, I've been out to a property uh, on Monday, which is an absolutely incredible home which is coming on with me. Um, and, you know, last year I came into January, I didn't really have anything. It was back looking for instruction. So last year was a great year in terms of income. And this year I just need to keep that ball rolling and, uh, you know, just get my name out there more, do more on social media and, uh, you know, stick at it. That's the main thing. Yeah, no, that's good. So, um, in in terms of your 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 business, then in your setup, you don't have a, a an office, do you? So, um, it's not like someone's going to walk past. But do do people sort of trust estate agents that work from home? In your opinion, I think so. Now, I mean, when I was managing my high street branch, we probably had two people a month would walk in oh, well. <laughs> you know it, it's just i i used to work in a branch um many years ago when i first started and it was the busiest branch um in the network and you would have six negotiators that would all be sat with potential buyers but nothing was on the internet then you know they had yeah. to come in and pick up property details and stuff whereas now everything's changed and I think people realize um, that right move, Zoopla, et cetera, are your shop window. And I, I always ask people, when was the last time you walked into an estate agent? And, you know, most people, if they're younger, never. And even if they're older, it was 10 years ago or something like that. So I don't think it's uh, something that worries people now. I think people realize that, the power of of these property portals and the and the internet and and everything's there so you know it's it's certainly not held me back so that so that then uh leads me on to the kind of the next question really and that is 
um with the the likes of you know purple bricks out there offering you know low rates and um what seems to be a you know a great service where you, you don't have to get too kind of um into the details why 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 would someone use um someone like yourself as opposed to you know a, a click and and <laughs> I don't yeah. know what the, I don't know what the next word to it is, but you know, just <laughs> click click and sell maybe, <laughs> click and advertise think, on your own. You know, I I think there's a lot of reasons. I think firstly, it is it's great for the consumer that there is so much choice out there. If you're the sort of homeowner now that is happy to do your own viewings and pay money up front, it's fantastic that you've got the option to do that if you want to. The only thing I would say is that I remember seeing a TV program when this sort of low fees type agency came out and it showed a, a property that had come on actually in, in my area, which was why it sticks in my mind. But the property came on, they had some buyers round and uh, they didn't end up selling it. They reduced the price and then three buyers came in and the the lady presenting the show, they then said to the, the owners, well, how much did you end up with? And they said, well, we got the asking price. And I'm sat there thinking, you've had three people offer you the asking price, and that's all you've achieved. You know, you should be able to work those buyers up and probably gain a hell of a lot more than the £2,000 yeah. fee that you've saved by um, going with a... a as you call it, a click and whatever age. <laughs> it, yeah. it's, it, it, it's horses for courses. And I think for me, if you want somebody who is going to be available seven days a week, really understand what you're going through, realize that your property is not just where you live, it's your home, it's your memories, it's your concerns about what the future holds, I understand all that. I've been through it. And I'm always there to help my clients every step of the way. And I say to everybody, if my mobile is on, I'm working. So it doesn't matter. But I think you you get what you pay for to a degree. And I, I try and offer good value. Um See, I, you know. I offered that question with my own opinions <laughs> and I, because uh, yeah. I, I looked at it in the past, you know, do, doing that because I um, feel I could do it. Okay. You know, come from a sales yeah. background and thought, well, you know, doesn't, doesn't seem too complicated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I now know a lot more about, uh, you know, what things seeming to be simple <laughs> are, are like in reality, but um why I didn't end up using a company like Purple Bricks in the end was actually because it's just time. Like, yeah. actually, it's just uh, it's same same as starting this business. You know, you've got to make a decision on all the different little elements. Am I writing the you know the the text that goes with it as yeah. you know in the, the most attractive format? I don't know. It could work yeah. for recruitment, but does it work? You know, the same for <laughs> selling a house, probably not, right? But, um, yeah, then you, you finger in the airtime, trying to work out, you know, the price of things, and you know, taking your own photograph. It, it all adds up just to being um, time, which depends on how you value your time. But I think it's the most important currency in the world. You know, it, 
yeah it just makes more sense to to pass it on to to somebody else who knows what they're doing as long as you've got that trust there to 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 get on and, and do it for you yeah as i said i i think it's it's great to have that option for the people that want it but i think ultimately when you're you're dealing in tens of thousands of pounds and sometimes you're saving two or three thousand and you're paying that money up front so what's the incentive for an agent that does that to then get you even more money i don't know but if it if that's what people want then it's great that the option's there for them yeah sure cool so um in terms of um so final question really before i jump into my last three questions i just i just wondered how long does it take you to kind of start up because with some franchise brands um you know you've got to uh, find a property so you pay the fee then you go and find your property then you go through training and then you know yeah. and it could be six months before you start trading and actually having the opportunity to start earning money what, what has it been like for for you with property nest probably been different for me purely because of what i've been through in terms of the pandemic yeah, yeah. i think if i put that to one side i think you certainly need to look at six months to get yourself fully embedded into what you need to do and have everything done and ready um you know whether that's your marketing how you're going to go about your own business where you're going to target you know if you if you've planned all all of that out beforehand then fine and you know what you're doing then fine you can pretty much jump in and get going straight away as i did but I think if you're coming into this new, then you've certainly got to allow yourself six months, in my opinion, to get yourself sorted and and think, right, I need to plan this properly. Um, but yeah, probably six months, I would say. Do you mean in terms of before you can start earning revenue or? Yeah, because I think, you know, I started in the beginning of September I had my first sale agreed at the end of October, which then completed literally the day before Christmas in yeah. effect. So that's your sort of four month. And I, I knew what I was doing. You know, I managed to get a property on very quickly for some people. It may take them, you know, a couple of months just to get their name out there and get someone to say, well, okay, I'll, I'll give you a try. But that comes into the, planning stage before you make the jump is do you know friends relatives friends of friends people at the gym who would trust you to sell their home for them you know and and do whatever you can to plan accordingly and and hit the ground running yeah so in terms of actually starting the business though is it day one i, I mean in terms of you know to be able to start marketing what you're doing yeah, I don't think there's anything restricts you. I think, you know, everything is there with regards to Property Nest for you to get going straight away. So, you know, they take you through everything that you need and they're always happy to run through that. So as you're fully aware of of what is required before you start, so you shouldn't be jumping into something and then finding out that you need to do this, you need to do that. So that would be a big bit of advice. I would say speak to someone, Property Nest or whoever, but 
find out exactly what you need in place yeah. before you actually start. Because once you start and your bills start coming in, that's when the pressure comes. So do as much research and everything else as you can beforehand. Awesome. So uh, final three questions then for you. And um, the, the first one is uh, one of my favorites because we get some good stories come from this. Uh, and that <laughs> is, uh, are there any funny, strange or weird stories uh, from your career that you're happy to share? Probably the one that always sticks in my mind was when I was um, uh, had my own mortgage company that we spoke about earlier. And I came out of a house one evening and there was an old lady by the next door uh, neighbor's front wall. And she said to me, she said, can you just go into the, this house? She said, I'm trying to get hold of Mr. Bloggs or whatever. Um, she said, but he's not answering and the door's open, but I don't want to go in. So I said, Okay, she said, look, he's an older gentleman and I'm afraid something might have happened. Right. So I crept into the uh, into the house and unfortunately um, the chap had passed away and was on the floor um, oh, no. in the in the bedroom on the bedroom floor. So um, you don't have things like that happen to you every day. But uh, yeah. So yeah, wow. You know, that's bit, that's a difficult situation to deal with, isn't it? <laughs> right. Key. But yeah, it was um yeah, pretty strange. Pretty strange. So um yeah, that that's um it's not to say about it, but it's very yeah, it's very it's very odd, isn't it? Like to have yeah. that in your what other kind of walk of life are you likely to have that happen? It's not too many, is there? And I know very uh quite I wasn't expecting that to finish the day off that was that was <laughs> no and I'm not surprised it stuck with you for this all this time right yeah. so crikey so um okay well let's let's move on to something maybe more positive so um it'd be good to um to hear from you what's been your proudest or most inspiring moment in in your career again I think there's quite a few things, actually. I think transferring from, you know, when I was at the mortgage company, I had to go through all the regulatory exams and stuff there, and I did additional exams, which I didn't need to take, but uh, I just wanted to be the best that I could be there. Um, selling my first property when I started on my own, um, yeah. that's probably a big thing because it was the second time of trying the self-employed route there was pressure to do it, obviously, financially, and getting that first one done and then going through the whole process, um, you know, from taking a property on to it, completing on your own with new software and everything. It, it, it makes you feel as though, yeah, I can do this on my own. You know, I don't need everybody. So um, that was a big moment for sure. That's um, cool. But is, do you think do you think that um that monetary pe pressure kind of helps or or hinders you know especially when we're talking about a franchise fee and you know it can be sizable depending on the brand yeah um but yeah some but some people like... see it as a negative but i think um, the more I speak to people it could potentially be a positive so i'm interested to hear your thoughts yeah for me it's a positive 
but this is where you my in my humble opinion you really need to look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself that question if i've got financial worries am i am i going to perform better or worse um than if i didn't have financial worries and and for me it's a bit like we spoke about you know when i first changed from a, being a mortgage broker to a to an estate agent and i was in the office at 7:30 in the morning and i didn't leave till 8:30 at night i i my business had just collapsed as a mortgage broker and and i had to have the money so you know timing then in 2010 helped but having that financial pressure um for me is a is a positive you know it, it's um yeah. you've got to get out there you have no choice yeah no interesting interesting so um on to our final um question then and that is if you were sitting in front of somebody now who's potentially uh, going to invest in a, a franchise business, whether it's Property Nest or or any other business out there, and you're only allowed to give them one piece of advice, what would that one piece of advice be? I would say that they need to plan, plan ahead, do as much research as they can, plan ahead, and be honest with themselves. Does that count as one bit of advice? Probably three. <laughs> I'll let you have it. It's all right. <laughs> but yeah, be be honest with yourself. Don't don't imagine everything's going to be rosy and you know it, it's uh it's a challenge for most people. So be prepared. Be prepared. Yeah. What what sort of things do you think people should plan for? Uh, I think everything that a bit like me would would I would I have planned for a, for a global pandemic and a national lockdown? Yeah, <laughs> never, never in a million years. But that's what happened. So, you know, ultimately, would it have changed me if someone had said, "Doug, you know, this is what's going to happen"? I probably wouldn't have started on my <laughs> own. But you know, looking back now, I'm glad I did. Yeah, I guess you can plan for the unexpected to some degree, but not not on that scale. <laughs> it's a bit no, too a, tough. A lot isn't of it? it, a lot of it, Ed, is financial. You know, if you're coming home every night, I I enjoy what I do. I love it, but if you're coming home every night, you've got red bills coming through the door and this sort of thing. You're 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 going to struggle. So make sure that your financial planning and everything else is is in place that you're not going to you know hit those sorts of scenarios within your first six months at least make sure you've got the money there yeah yeah that's really good advice so um before we get more than one piece of advice out of you i'm gonna <laughs> stop stop things there and say um Doug, thank you so much for your time it's it's been a real pleasure speaking with you getting to know your story and and um I'm glad things are going well for you since the, the, the pandemic and and hopefully they continue to do so. So uh, thank you again for your time, Doug. That's all right. It's been my pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. No worries. Bye-bye. Thanks, Ed. Bye-bye.
Alright, so there we go. That is my conversation with Doug Parks from Property Nest. And um, yeah, really nice guy. Really um, interesting to hear his story. And in some ways similar to mine, he's gone from, you know, being on the tool, so to speak, through to uh, becoming a business owner in, in his own right. But he stayed within the, the kind of property market, I guess, really, in terms of uh, started off building properties or, or, or you know, the, at least the electrics that go into a property to now selling them on, um, which is it is a, a nice little kind of transition, I guess. But um, the main thing that kind of stuck out for me in this conversation was the fact that um, Doug took the risk of starting his own business under, um, uh, you know, somebody else's brand, I guess. So, you know, investing in a franchise based on trust. And I think, you know, hearing his story through COVID, it was pretty tough times from the sound of it. But um, he had support there all the way through from from Vincent, which I think is um, is really good. And, and it's probably a good um, story, really, because he's now going on and, and turning turning over a, a decent amount of revenue. Uh, I think on their website somewhere, if you take a look, you know, at least £50,000 in one month in terms of commissions. So it's shown that sticking it out, trusting um, the process as well as the people around you can have a big, big um, impact and, and result. And um, really, really glad to see Doug doing so well. So um, yeah, um, hopefully you enjoyed the conversation. Always interesting to see the point of view from a franchisee of a, a franchise brand. So um, yeah, there's a few more out there on, on the uh, podcast list. So go and check them out. Um, you can also find all of the podcasts and um, plenty more, some of these brands as well, on thefranchise.com. So that's www.thefranchised.com. Um, but yeah, thanks very much. Keep subscribing, liking, sharing and commenting and all that good stuff wherever you see our posts. And I'll catch you on the next one. Bye bye. <laughs>